beginning a new series today called Living on Purpose. So would you take your Bibles and go to the book of Jeremiah, the first chapter in the Old Testament. And as you're doing that, let me say hello to the campuses today. I'm thankful for everything that's taking place across Love and Truth Church. And I believe that today, that as we go into the Word of God, that God has a word for you right where you're at. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries. And I'm glad you're with us today. Now let's get ready to receive what God has for us. Now let me talk to you today. I'm going to be talking about living on purpose over the next few weeks. What I've found throughout the years is that a lot of people don't live life on purpose. Uh, a few years ago, Rick Warren wrote a book uh, called, called Purposeful Life, and, and so many people, bought, in fact, it became a number one bestseller, lives were changed, and, and all kind of things happened uh, because people began to understand that life was supposed to be lived on purpose. How many of you know that you aren't just supposed to show up? right? That there was a purpose for your life. And, and today, here's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, how, how many of you noticed up front here that it's a little different than normal? Three of you, great. Uh, I hope you on, on the camera saw this better, those of you in, the, in our different campuses. Uh, today, uh, we've got a, a, a chess set up here. Have you noticed that? And, uh, and we, we've got white and black, so you can Oh, come on. Don't, don't act like that. We didn't leave anybody out, all right? Uh, they asked me, said, you want me to put the white ones only? I said, no, we want both. And uh, Jason asked it. So anyway, uh, and, and uh, the, the, the whole purpose of this, and, and I think they've taped it down, but I'm going to pull it up, uh, is I'm going to talk about purposeful positioning today, okay? Uh, purposeful positioning. That's kind of a tongue twister. Uh, but, but what I want to talk to you about is, is that in your life, you are placed in, in a, a position that God wants you to be in. That each and every one of us have been called of God for a specific reason and for a specific purpose. Uh, if you know anything about chess, now what I found out about chess is, is that chess is across the world the, the most played game that there is in the whole wide world. Chess is the number one. Uh, I don't play chess. It's, it's, it takes too long. I mean, these things can go on. Some of you know these things can go on for weeks. And, and uh, my ADD kicks in after about, I don't know, three seconds. And it... But, but I do know a little bit about chess, and here's what I know about chess, is that you have certain pieces, this is the king, certain pieces that can only do certain things. Uh, they can only move certain ways, there, there are sp uh, specific things about them, and when you set up a chessboard, they are set up in specific places. In other words, they are positioned in certain places. In your life, God positioned you. God made you. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. God made you, and he positioned you right where he wanted you to be. Now, let's look in the book of Jeremiah, uh, the first chapter, and let's begin in the, in the fourth verse, and let's, let me share some things with you. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you. Now, let me just give you an aside here just for a moment. Anytime God tells you he's going to rescue you, get ready. 
declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Now, Today, I'm going to talk about this whole aspect of positioning, okay? We're going to talk about how that you get into the position that God wants you to be in. Now, let me just give you a definition of the word positioning, okay? The word positioning means the right or the appropriate place. The right or the appropriate place. That's what it means to be positioned, is that you are in the right place, that you are in the appropriate place that your life is supposed to be. Here's my question to you today. Are you positioned where God wants you to be? Or are you just doing life on your own terms? When you begin to study Scripture, you find that God had a way of divinely positioning people uh, throughout their lives. You find David, and God positions David on the backside of nowhere. He learns things on the backside of nowhere. Then God brings him before the prophet. The prophet anoints him. He's positioned again. Then God brings him before a giant. Let me help you real quickly. Sometimes you need a giant in your life to get you to the next level of your life. God brings him before the, I mean, on and on and on. You say, finally, he gets positioned as the king. Uh, Joseph is another one uh, who starts out, whose father understands who he is, and, and his father positions him properly, and then his brothers don't like him. It doesn't matter if your brothers don't like you. If God's got you in the right place, you're going to be all right. So he winds up in prison in Potiphar's house, but he finally is positioned in the throne room of the king. Esther's another one. We study the scripture, and you find out that Esther's uh, uncle came to her and said, maybe you were brought to the kingdom. Maybe you were positioned for such a time as this. And so as, as we begin to understand that, we begin to find out that God has each and every one of us positioned in specific places for him. Now, let's, let's talk about this real quickly. Would you look in the fifth verse? Because I, I want to show you uh, some things out of Jeremiah's life, but I think has an appropriate level of direction for our lives as well. Verse 5 says this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Number one is this. Everyone has an assignment. Did you hear me? Everybody. Everyone has an assignment. God told Jeremiah there, before you were born, I'd already given you your instructions. See, here, here's the deal. Would you look at your neighbor and tell them you are not a mistake? Come on. Just do that, those of you watching. But why? Because sometimes we've been told that we were a mistake. Whoops, we messed up, you know, mom and daddy a little bit later in life, and we weren't planning. And What's wrong with y'all? All right? You know, other people have been told they're a mistake. Other people have been told they're losers. Other people have been told all kinds of things. I want to tell you, everybody was given something important to do in this life. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what's going on around you, you were given something vital to do in this world. 
That's why God created you. That's why you were born into this world. That's why, why you, the Scripture says, while you were still in your mother's womb, God knew you. That, that's why we believe that every life is precious, even before uh, natural birth, that even in a mother's womb, that life ought to be protected. Why? Because we believe that God knew them and God formed them even in their mother's womb. So we're all created to solve a problem. D- do you know that you were created to do something that is so unique that nobody else can do it. You say, well, I'm a professional, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm this, I'm, I'm a teacher, I'm whatever. You know, there's so many of those. Yeah, but what you do is special. What you do, nobody else can do. Why? Because you have been wired, you have been given, you have been uh, implanted with things from God Almighty that is specifically designed for you that, that I may go to this person or that person for advice or for counsel or, or for diagnosis or whatever, but God has placed something special in you. How, how many of you know sometimes you'll go to this doctor and they can't figure it out, you go to that doctor, you go, and, and finally you get to the, to the person and go, oh, here's what, why? Because they're able to figure it out because they were created to solve that problem in your life. In all of us, we have to understand this. So many people are, are so concerned about their resume. They want to tell you about you know, all the resume. I, I want to help you today. We ought to be more concerned with our epitaph than our resume. Hey, there's coming a day they're going to wheel you up in front of the church or in front of, you know, some funeral home, and somebody's going to get up and talk about you. And you can't get up there and say, hey, that ain't right. Pardon my grammar. Don't, don't say that about I mean, at that point, it's up to the guy or the gal who's talking about you. And, and, and so it's important that you fulfill the assignment that you're called to do in life. The Apostle Paul said it this, this way. He, sa- he said, I fought the fight. I have finished the course. I have run the race. He said, now there's a crown that is laid up for me. And he said, not for me only, but he said, for all of those who are coming along behind me. You have something in life that only you can do, and God's placed that in you. Look, look in the next verse there, if you would. Verse number 6 says this. Here's, here's Jeremiah speaking. Alas, or no, Lord, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. The second thing is this about getting in the right position. If we want to be purposefully positioned in our life. Number two is this. You have to discover your place. Now, let me tell you. On this chessboard, each of these pieces have a place. Now, What we'll do is, is at the end of the service today, everybody is going to get a chess piece when you leave because we want you to get position. We want to remind you about that. And and here's what we found in the first service. In the first service, nobody wanted the pawns. (laughs) Nobody wanted the pawns. Everybody wanted the big pieces. Let me help you a couple of things. Number one is there's got to be some pawns if chess is going to work. Number two, if you understand the game of chess, if the pawn gets to the other side, it can become anything it wants to be. If you will only fulfill the position that God has called you to, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, Neither has it entered into the heart of any man those things which God has prepared for us. 
We, we've got to come to that place where we understand that. And, and so here, when, when we talk about this whole aspect of discovering our place and, and where the Word of God says here, where, where Jeremiah said, Lord, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. What you have to understand is, is that every seed that's upon this planet has a set of instructions in it. Say, so what do you mean? Go with me for a minute. All right, you go, you go down to the farmer's co-op and you buy a bunch of seed, all right? And they tell you there, now what you need to do is that you need to plant that seed. Well, that's wonderful, but that's not the instruction I'm talking about. Inside of every seed, there's instructions. Inside a seed of corn, there's an instruction that says, grow corn. Inside of, you know, okra, there's, and I didn't say Oprah, and, and Inside of okra, there's a seed, and inside that seed, there's instructions that says, grow corn. I'm just seeing if you're awake. What does it say? It says, grow okra. You can plant them side by side. Okra's going to grow okra. Corn's going to grow corn. Why? Because the instructions are down in it. Now watch this. You can hold that seed up. You can put it under a microscope. You can dissect it. You can cut it apart. And you will never ever see the instructions. But they're there. All you've got to do to see what the instructions are in the seed is to get it in the right environment. And to get it in the right environment, it will produce a harvest. See, there are instructions down inside of each of us. Now, don't miss this. When you were born, God put some instructions down inside of you. And what you've got to do is that you've got to get into the right environment. You've got to get into the right place. You, you've got to begin to discover what it is that God wants you to do, and then you've got to move. So, sometimes you just got to take one step over. Sometimes you've got to go... 50 steps, so whatever it is. Uh, what I found is, is that when things are in the right environment, they grow right. They produce right. Uh, I, I've noticed here at the Jackson campus, I've noticed that uh, a couple of three years ago when we built this building and, and did our parking lot, that we planted trees across the parking lot. And they were all the same size when we planted them. But if you, those of you who are here today, when you leave today, if you will look, you'll see some of those trees are still pretty small. And some of them we're going to have to cut back because they're growing at such a rapid pace. Same tree, same parking lot. But some of them got into a place that was more fertile, that was the right place, and they are producing at a much higher level than the same tree in the same parking lot put in the ground at the same time. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? I am saying that there are times in your life, and I'll be spiritual for a moment, there are times in your life where God puts you into a local church. And it is in that church where you will begin to find yourself growing into everything that God has for you. And if you're not careful, you'll say, well, I want to go over here. I want to go over there. And God says, no, I want you in this house because it is in this place, in this environment, that you are going to be able to produce everything that the instructions down inside of you said that you are supposed to produce. 
Amen? Look at verse 7. Come on. Verse 7 says, But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Now, number three is this. God has a plan you can't imagine. The Bible says it this way. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His whole plan is beyond our understanding. But you know how we're going to get there? We're going to get there by faith. You're going to get there by faith. You're going to reach your destiny by faith. What God has for you, what God wants you to do is so much bigger than most of us can see. But our problem is, is that we live by sight and not by faith. There is an animal in Africa called the Impala. Now, I, thought, I know you thought that was a car, but it really is an animal. And the Impala is a, is a wonderful creature. And if you've ever been on safari and seen them, they're just beautiful animals. But the interesting thing about an Impala is, is that an Impala literally can, can vertically jump 10 feet. All right? And, and it can take a running jump and jump 10 feet in the air and land. I mean, it's, it's incredible what it can do. But they have found that you can take an Impala and you can put it inside a fence, a stone fence that's three feet tall, and they will never get out. Say, why? They can jump 10 feet, they ought to just take a run and jump, and they're out. Here's the problem an Impala will never jump where it can't see where its feet are going to land. There are a lot of believers who the enemy has put you in a three-foot fence and he has kept you corralled for 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years and you've said, well, I, I can't do any more than this. Why? Well, I, I can't see how I can. And the enemy's keeping you there and all the time you're in his fence, you've got the ability to soar higher, to go further, to have happen in your life more than you could imagine. But you've got to live in faith. You've got to be willing, to, as the Apostle Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. And you know what God always says? God always says, come on. Come on. I'll take you on a journey that you won't believe. Now, here's our deal. If we really want to achieve what we believe God's called us to achieve, we've got to get clear on what we believe. Too many people believe that they're locked in. Well, I can't do this. And if you only knew my circumstances and if you only knew my background, if you only knew my family, listen, I, I don't mean to be rude, but none of those things can keep you from achieving what God says you can achieve. The Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He who has begun a good work in you, he shall complete it, says the Lord. So I've got to get clear on what I believe. And I've got to allow what I call my faith vision, I've got to allow my faith vision to expand. I've got to begin to believe for things that are so much bigger, so much greater, so much more powerful than I have ever seen before. I've got to know that if God is for me, who can be against me? And I've just got to let my vision, I'm not talking about craziness, I'm talking about literally allowing God to enlarge my vision, and then if I really want to begin to see this, then I have to start acting on what I believe. I'm not going to act on seeing the fence around me. I'm going to believe that on the other side of the fence, 
That God has got a place that he has positioned me into right outside of that fence, and I'm willing to take a leap of faith to get to that place where God wants me to be. It's our choice. It's up to us whether or not we're going to get to that place where God wants us to be. Look in verse 8 and 9. I've got to hurry. We've got a couple of more. Verse 8 and 9 says, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth, and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. Here's the fourth thing. Your source is God. If you are going to be positioned properly to fulfill your destiny, you have to remember your source is God. That's why so many people struggle in their giving and in their finances and in tithing and offering. It's because they think their bank account or they think their job or they think all this is their source. That's not your source. God is your source. You have to change the way you think about everything in life. You have to begin to look at God as your source. Jeremiah has all these reasons why it can't happen. I'm too young. I don't know how to speak. Those people are mean. They're going to hurt me. All this stuff. And God just says, I have called you. I have destined you. And hey, by the way, I'm going to lay my hand on you. I'm going to put my power in you. Here's what I want to tell you. God never starts anything that he has not already completed. The Word of God says it this way. It says that before God begins a thing, he goes to the end and completes it and then moves back to the beginning. You ever read that scripture where it says, before the foundation of the earth, a lamb was slain. Before God ever spoke the worlds into existence, before he ever created the first animal, before he ever created mankind who was going to sin, God already had the provision laid out. He went to the end before he ever began, and he provided everything that was needed. Don't you think if he can do that for humanity, he can do that in your life as well? But you've got to be willing to get out of the fence. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 says this, See today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build, and to plant. Now here's here's what God's doing in, in Jeremiah's life. God's giving him a blueprint for his life. All right? Here's the fifth one. God's plan is your blueprint. That's how you're going to see what your life is supposed to be. It is the design. What what is a blueprint? A blueprint is a design of what is yet to come. You know, through all the building programs I've done uh, as a pastor, uh, what I've learned is is that, that blueprints are very vital. I can remember the first building we built years and years ago in Adamsville. Uh, it, was in the, it was in the county. We didn't have any oversight. We didn't have anybody showing up to tell us what we did. And, and uh, we, we just had a guy kind of sketch it out on a piece of paper. We gave it to another guy and said, can you build this? And he said, oh, yeah, I can build that. I said, well, where do you want the plumbing? Well, I think it would be good right here. But over the years, as buildings have gotten more complex, and even as this last building we just built here in Jackson, what I found is is that we had reams and reams and reams. I mean, they they had it down to how many wire nuts were supposed to be on, you know, on this, this dimension and all that. Why? Because it is the design is showing us what is yet to come. And here's the key. If the plans are right and we follow the plans, the project will be complete. When you get to the end, 
you'll hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I don't know about you, that's what I want to hear. One of these days, I want God to look at me, not that I didn't have some slip-ups and not that I didn't have some failures and not that there weren't those moments that I, that I wasn't really in the position that I was supposed to be. But when I get there, I want God to look at my life and say, it is complete, it is done, this is what I've called you to do. Enter into the joys of heaven. And you know what? I do still believe there's a heaven. And I also still believe there's a hell. And I've determined I'm not going to hell. So I'm going to spend my life doing my best to fulfill the plan that God has for my life. You say, Pastor, that's all fine and good, but how, how do I get there? How do I find out how, where God wants me? What is the position? Do I, do I just make it up, or, or is there really some things I need to do? Let me give you three things as I close. Number one is this. If you want to live it out, number one is you've got to get into the Word of God. Hallelujah. That's why we have it on our website that you can go to every day. In fact, right now, if you go to the website, we're in the book of Jeremiah. All right? Old Testament we're reading in the book of Jeremiah right now. All right? Why? Because in the Word of God, God begins to give you the outline of what your life is going to be. You know what I found out about the Word of God? The Word of God's still alive. It's not a dead, dry book. I know some of it you kind of have to labor through at times, but all of a sudden you'll find yourself kind of laboring, and then all of a sudden there's a moment where God begins to speak to you. And so it's needful. People say, well, Pastor, I, I don't understand. Well, get you a Bible you can understand. I, I'll get in trouble. I'm going to say it. I'm not one of those guys hung up on King Jimmy. King James Version is a fine version of the Bible, but if you don't understand, uh, you know, Elizabethan English, get you something you understand. Read the Word of God because it's in the Word of God that we find life, we find direction, we find truth. The Word of God is our foundation. And so if I want to see my life lived out to the fullest potential, I've got to spend time in His Word. And so I encourage you daily, whatever you do, whether it's through what we do on the website, or whether, but, but every day that you are in the Word of God, that you're studying the Word of God, that you're seeing what God has to speak to you on a daily basis. The second thing is this. You need to learn to listen to the Spirit. The Bible says that when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Now, here's what I found. I have found that we don't listen to God very well in the moment. So what do you mean? Let me, let me do it this way. How many of you have ever tried to tell your child something? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And you go, now son, daughter, listen for a second. And there, they got the Stevie Wonder thing going. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, they, they are everywhere. They're not paying attention to you. They're not looking at you. And, and you tell them, and two minutes later, you, hey, come here, come here. Didn't I just, come on, don't act so holy, you know. Didn't I just tell you? Da, 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 da. But they're still not listening. They're not listening in the moment. They bounce off again. And then, then you get that, that where you use all their names. You know what I'm talking about? I, I knew when they said Eddie, that was okay. But when they said William Edward Couples come here, 
It was a come to Jesus meeting right then. <laughs> and there were, there were those moments where they would take you by the shoulders. They'd say, listen to me. Right? Why is it that so many of us wait for the Holy Spirit to call us by all of our names, grab us before we start listening? Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is communicating with you every day, all day long. That's what He does. The Scripture says He testifies of Jesus. He, he, he is constantly telling you what you need for your life. And there's those moments that, that He'll speak to you, and, and if, you, if you'll listen, it, it'll keep you out of some issues. If you don't listen... William Edward Couples, come here. You'll have that moment. The third thing, if you really want to see your life positioned properly, is you have to live out your instructions. Let me help you. Your instructions are not the instructions of the person sitting next to you or the person in front of you or the person behind you. You say, well, I'm married to this person. Our instructions are the same. No, they're not. My wife and I are married, and she's a great part of this ministry, and, and she has been a team player more than any wife that I know. I mean, I just wake up and start new stuff, and she's always said, okay, help us, Jesus. Let's go. <laughs> All right? But her instructions and my instructions are not the same. She loves to travel. She gets excited about eating stuff that, God only knows what it is. <laughs> she can sleep in places that I get creepy crawlies and all that stuff. I just am nervous about the day God says it's been about you for 35 years, now it's going to be about her for 35 years. That's the position I'm a little nervous about right now. All right? But her instructions and my instructions, although we walk together as a team, are not the same. In your life, you have to find out what your instructions are, and you have to live those out. And you know what? When you put yourself in the position that God wants you to be in, when you come and you say, Lord, I don't care if I'm a king or if I'm a pawn. If, I'm just, if, if I am on the front line and I'm the shortest and I'm the least, that's okay. Because I want to be what you want me to be. I'm not concerned about what I desire. I want what you desire. And you know what happens? Here's what the Bible says, and I close. If you're faithful in the little things, God will make you ruler over much. And so I challenge you today, I ask you today, have you allowed God to purposefully position you in the place that you are supposed to be? And are you living life on purpose? Would you bow your heads today? To each and every one of you that are here today, I've talked about position 
And this sermon fits every person that's heard it today. Whether you are a Christian, whether you are not a Christian, whether you have walked with God for many years or you have never, ever entered into a relationship with Him, there is something in your life today that God's calling you to. Maybe you're here today and you just say, Pastor, you know what? I know that I'm not in the position I need to be with God today. I know that I'm not at the place, that my relationship with God is not what it needs to be. And I want today to get into the right place. I want my life to be turned around today. I want Jesus Christ, first of all, to come into my life and then to begin to position me to fulfill my destiny. If you're here today and you need Jesus to come into your life today, would you just hold your hand up anywhere in this room? Right down here in the front, several of you over here on my right. God bless you. Up in the risers on the right. Thank you, way up there, three or four of you. God bless you. Up in the middle risers, down here on the left. Thank you. Way back up there. Thank you. Down here on my far left. Thank you. God bless you today. Up in the left risers. Right down here on the right. Thank you today. A couple of you there toward the middle. Thank you. You can put your hands down. God bless you. Anybody else, real quickly, just slip it up. Everybody look up here real quick. We're going to pray. Those of you who need Jesus in your life today, the way that you get into the position that God wants you to is to come humbly before Him. So what does that mean? That means that I come to Him and say, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I need forgiveness. Now here's the great thing. God's already taken care of everything you need. All you've got to do is admit. You've got to confess, the Bible says, with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and you'll be saved. The Bible says confess your sin and God is just and faithful to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness.